the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Welcome back. Maybe I should be welcoming myself back. <laughs> Sometimes it's a, uh, it's pretty funny. I'll talk to friends and neighbors or whatever. How you doing? Yeah. Okay. Hanging in there. I'm always thinking to myself, sometimes hanging in there is a lot. <laughs> anyway, coming up on a new year. Wow. It's hard to believe. You know, Time just keeps moving faster and faster. I think the older you get, the faster it goes by. I'm sure anybody that's uh, above the age of 50 knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> so anyway, had a uh, few things. I hope everybody uh, has a very safe holiday season. It's uh, kind of interesting to see how much the uh, this virus has picked up in speed. It's just mind-boggling. So try to stay safe out there. Um, I've been wearing masks I I got the booster shot recently, and I got the original shot. I had COVID. Uh, I even got a regular flu shot. So I went all out this year. <laughs> but uh, I'm still wearing my mask because uh, I have this nasty sinus infection. I I typically get one just about every winter. So, uh, but you know, with, when you're sneezing or coughing and you're not wearing a mask, you get some really nasty looks. So. <laughs> I've been wearing my mask the entire time. But hopefully they can get this over with. It's actually, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but it's actually been a boost for the economy. It's a lot of spending that wouldn't have happened otherwise has happened. And it's actually pushed along technology. And technology is developing a little faster than they thought it would because they have to. And so that's the silver lining to this is that you know, economic growth has been pretty substantial because of all the money that's been spent and has to be spent to continue to deal with this. So that's a good thing. That's that's a, a really good thing for the economy financially. Um, does it present some hurdles? Yeah. But those hurdles are going to be there in some way, shape, or form always. There's always some sort of hurdle. And these are, are definitely things that we're going to be able to deal with. But you got to watch out. You know, the uh, inflation is fairly significant. And that means that investing, you got to be much more careful. Uh, you want to be, you don't want to be too conservative in this environment. 
I don't think you can afford to be. Well, you could. I mean, it depends on your situation. You know, if you've got more than $10 million and, you know, you're living on less than $100,000 a year, you have nothing to worry about. You can do whatever you want. You, you can do whatever you like. The vast majority of, the vast majority of us are going to have to be fairly careful, um, particularly when you get close to retirement age. You're close to retirement age. You don't want to have 100% of your money in stocks and have the market drop like a rock on you. Um, that doesn't happen very often, by the way. It, it used to be much more common than it is today. But uh, in trying to find that balance of how much should I have in stock, how much should I have in bonds, that's where advisors come in, um, a good one. And we'll sit down, at Bullington Capital, we'll sit down with you, go through what your risk tolerance is. We'll show you various scenarios. And uh, it's relatively simple, incidentally. That's one of the things that I'm very fond of in my practice is trying to keep things as simple as humanly possible because a lot of this stuff that's out there is complicated. It doesn't mean that you're going to be able to avoid complication, but you don't want to add anything that's not absolutely necessary. When you do that, you lose sight oftentimes of what's most important. And that's kind of the key. Figure out what's most important and then figure out what your options are to try to um, reach your goals with that in mind and with the risk in mind. How much risk do you have to take to get there? And a long time ago, some guy wrote a, a book on the 4% rule, basically saying that you could probably take out 4% a year from your investments, the average investor. And they should be able to raise that to keep up with inflation. See, that's the, that's the trick. 4% on the last 12 months, or 4% of whatever your account value is right now, rather, is fine, but prices are going to go up. And you're probably going to have to take out more money in the future. And when they ran a whole ton of scenarios, if you invested this way, this is what you'd have. If you invested this way, this is what you'd have. These are the sustainable withdrawal rates. And uh, I use one from a uh, firm called BlackRock. You might have heard of them. They're huge. Um, they're the, actually the world's largest asset manager. And depending on your age, they'll, they'll tell you what a sustainable rate, what they think a sustainable rate of uh, return or, or withdrawals that you could take depending on your age and uh, your risk tolerance. I'll give you an idea of what you should be able to take out relatively safely. And if you'd like to see something like that, feel free to call me. You know, I'll, I'll definitely, it doesn't take that long to put that together. It's not that complicated. That's one of the things I really like about it. And one of the things I, I kind of am not too fond of uh, with my industry, there's uh, you can you can plan for a whole bunch of stuff. And a lot of the plans that you make, you know, the, a bunch of stuff doesn't happen or it happens, your, your life plays out differently than the way that you'd had it planned. So you better be pretty flexible there. And... Um, and that's where that 4% rule came from. Don't spend more than 4%. It used to be, uh, when I was younger in, my, in, in this industry and in this business, there were times that I was looking at that going, wow, that's, you know, you could do way better than that. And that was true, you know, back in those days. But you don't have the same type of interest rates today that you had back then. Um, the, the yield on stocks is much, much lower 
than it was then because stocks have gone up. A lot of companies, especially your, your companies that are growing really fast, they don't like to pay a lot of dividends out because they make more money by reinvesting the money in their business than they do by paying it out as a dividend, having to pay tax on it, and then putting it in their bank account. So that that's not that popular. And it's really made it tough for a lot of investors. When I was young in this industry, a lot of people would, you, they would just spend the dividends that they were getting and the interest off their bonds or CDs, and they were fine. And those rates are gone, you know, they're, and they're not coming back anytime real soon. So you have to rely on capital appreciation. You have to rely on share prices actually going up for a portion of that return. And it's, it's a much larger portion than it was say, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So it's challenging. And here, here's a really quick example. Say somebody's, I don't know, makes a hundred thousand a year. Let's do the national average. The average household income, I think, is around seventy thousand. So seventy thousand dollars a year, and you're supposed to be able to live on about seventy-five percent of that without having to cut back significantly. Whether that's true or not for you, that depends. But if you took seventy thousand dollars, oops, I'm trying to do this as a. Uh, do the radio show. Sorry, I didn't prepare this ahead of time. Okay, $70,000, and you need 75% of that. And that's $52,000 a year. Okay, let's say you get the average Social Security payment of about $1,500 a month. So that's $18,000 a year. So if you took that off of that 52 number, that means you got to come up with $34,500. Okay, $34,500 to be able to maintain 75% of your pre-retirement income. Now, if I use the 4% rule on that, that means I'm going to have to have $862,000 to produce that, that number. That is a boatload. Okay. So hopefully you've got higher than average. Oh, you know what? Yeah, that's something I, I didn't think of. The uh, uh, if you had been making seventy thousand dollars, your Social Security would probably be closer to two thousand a month. So you'd still need around a half a million bucks. Okay, to to be able to retire without cutting back significantly on your lifestyle, you're making around seventy thousand when you retire. You need about a half a million dollars. Uh, half a million dollars would basically get you uh, so that you probably wouldn't notice too much of a difference in your lifestyle when you were retired. So, and if all this stuff is going over your head, don't worry about it. That's why we offer free consultations. If we can do them on the phone, you can come into the office yeah, either way. There's no charge for a, uh, an initial meeting. And retirement planning really should not be that tough. I, you know, I've taken a lot of the courses. I've seen a lot of stuff. And they really, you know, the, the industry, media in general, has mastered the art of misdirection, you know, and the reason that they misdirect is to be able to sell ads. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They uh, got you so worked up over how much money you're going to have to spend in health care and retirement. Yeah, but you know what? That's over 30 years. And they forget to tell you that part. Okay. <laughs> so when you put it all up in one number, yeah, it's like a lot. You know, it's like. That's like saying, well, you got to pay cash for your houses now. So that $500,000 house or write a check. No, 
you're not going to write a check. You're probably going to put five or 10% down, maybe 20% if you don't want to you know, pay mortgage insurance. And, uh, and then your payments, you're going to pay that out over time. It's not like you have to pay that at once. And that's what they do. So it's just, uh, they, you know, it's one of the things that I'm just not a big fan of. Everybody's trying to get your attention. And the vast majority of it is to sell ads. So that, I, I don't know, I, I shouldn't complain too much about that. Because it does keep me employed. <laughs> All this stuff that you read about. And uh, I keep threatening to write a, a little book on what you really need to know. And what you really need to know is about, well, it's probably less than 5% of the stuff that you see published. And it takes several years, by the way, if you start studying really hard right now, it'll only take you a few years to figure out which 5% that you should be listening to and what you can just breeze through. Okay, so it does take some time. And it's one of the reasons the financial courses that they teach in college now, they actually have degrees for financial planning. You can be a financial planning major, which I think is almost laughable. But the uh, but I guess, you know, it, it's helpful in some way, shape or form. Um, you have to have a license to give advice on taxes. You have to be a licensed tax preparer. You have to, uh, um, you know, to sell automobile insurance, homeowners insurance, life insurance, disability insurance, medical insurance. Those are, you know, then you've got business insurance. Those are specialties that, you know, there's no way one person's going to, well, maybe, um, you know, maybe in, there's an Elon Musk in the insurance industry. <laughs> they can do everything in that business. But generally, you're going to need to get some consultation from somebody who specializes in an area. And uh, just the, the age of specialization, that's what, that's what we're living in. Uh, investment uh, it, Investment advisors, you know, that's a specialty. And I think you definitely do better with an advisor. There's study after study, but, you know, that's if you really want to do it yourself, I, I understand yeah, completely. Yeah, I just, I wouldn't be that way if I didn't do this for a living. I would probably go find somebody who's, who's going to be like me. I try to be the advisor that I would like to have. You tell me what you're trying to accomplish. I'll, I'll lay out several options, explain what the pros and cons are of each of them because nothing has all pros to it and nothing's all con typically although some are but the uh um and you get to make the decision so basically how we work you tell me what you're trying to accomplish i'll tell you what the uh which way you can try to get there and uh let's try to do the best we can and by the way feel free to call me in the office 330-664-0700 we're uh um or you can go to my website and kind of reach out to me there. Now, if, if you reach out, there's a question box. You probably should fill that in because if I, if I don't know, sometimes I think I get a lot of spam emails. And if you're not putting your question in there, um, I'm going to kind of skip over it. And if the question doesn't have much to do with financial advice, you know, whether it's investing or budgeting, the, uh, I, um, Probably not going to answer because I get spammed all the time. So try to be specific. I don't mind answering questions at all. And I try to get back to you as quickly as I can. Um, but I do have a large client base and they, they take precedence over everything else. Um, so just when you go there, just figure out what your question is and 
I'll try to answer it the best I can. Uh, there have been lots of people that have asked questions that really don't have a whole lot to do with what I'm doing here. Um, when I get questions on that, it's typically about their 401k plan or something like that. But uh, and I'm glad to try to help in any way I can. So that website, again, it's, it's BullingtonCapital.com. And if you, uh, um, most people, when they're hearing this, they're driving. I'm not sure giving out my phone number is all that helpful, but I'll do it anyway. It's 330-664-0700, 330-664-0700. And, uh, and again, if, if I can't help you, I'll tell you I can't. A lot of times I have to refer people to other people. I have a, uh, oh, a guy, he's an enrolled agent. That uh, means he loves doing taxes. He's got to because, uh, man. You know, I, I bought this beginner's tax course it was for individuals, the beginner's tax course. It was 2,200, no, not was, it is 2,200 pages, single spaced with a small font, 2,200 pages for the beginner's course. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the uh, internal revenue code is over 10,000 pages now, but we'll have to finish this conversation after these commercials. You'll listen to Bill Bullington. I'll be right back. Out in the dark, out in the rain, you're so alone. You're so afraid, I heard you pray in Jesus' name. It may be midnight or midday, it's never early, never late. He gon' stand by what he claimed, I lived enough life to say. Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Um, got a, I'm fighting off a sneeze right now. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's really rough when you get a cold and everybody has COVID. Uh, you go out. My advice, wear a face mask. People get really upset when they see you sneeze and you don't have a face mask. on. I understand completely. So, uh, but anyway, I don't have uh, COVID again. Hopefully, I, I take a test about every other day. The uh, I loaded up on some of those home test kits. And anyway, um, we're talking a little bit about the uh, stock market. And, uh, you know, the stock market, if you're a young person, uh, you should hit me up. Ask me for this. It's a kind of a concentrated portfolio. I'm, I'm overweighting uh, healthcare stocks in there, and I'm overweighting um, semiconductors, specifically semiconductors. The, the only funds in there are companies that make or are involved in the semiconductor production distribution process. And those models obviously have done very well. Um, those two industries have done better than the average industry, so the performance has been pretty good. 
if you want to call and, and talk about that, what that would look like, if you wanted to add some of that to your portfolio, you wanted us to manage it for you. Um, and I don't mind, by the way, if, if, if you call me up, I will send you uh, a PDF. I have to speak with you personally, though. I don't, I can't send it out to just anybody. Um, my license for that information doesn't include that. So you have to be thinking about opening account. It's you know, it, copyright stuff. You know, that's bottom line. <laughs> so, and if you get it and you wanted to come in and talk about it, that would be good too. Um, but for younger people, I, I put together a, a model that's a little more aggressive than my the model I use for most of my money um, because younger people have more time. You know, I've got, I still have probably 12 years before I have to really start thinking about this, which is, you know, that's, that's pretty substantial, but it's not 20 and it's not 30 and it's not 40. If you've got 30 or 40 years, uh, I'm telling you, I, I've got a model for you. You're going to love it. If you want to do this with a portion of your money, see, that's the, when, as you get older, you want to do this with a smaller portion of your money. You wouldn't want to have a larger portion of your money in something that's going to be more volatile um, because you're getting too close to retirement. And if, you know, timing has a big deal on how much, you know, um, the quality of your retirement because it's going to affect the assets you have under management uh, or assets you have in your retirement accounts and how much you can take out of those. You just got to be cognizant of that. It's not a... Uh, I'm sorry for using a, a word with more than three syllables in it. I pr promised I wouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh confuses me too, <laughs> if it makes you feel any better. But so you just have to pay attention. What uh, are the most important things? Most important thing, by the way, is how much money you've got in stocks versus bonds. That's going to have the biggest impact on your retirement. The second and probably actually it's this probably tied for number one is what kind of funds do you have? Do you understand them or does, does your advisor understand them and can explain them fairly easily? That's a, uh, if, if it, you know, if it takes more than a few minutes to explain what each fund is doing, then yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's probably too complicated and it's the, it's the plans that are extremely complicated that normally, are the most vulnerable to something going wrong. You know, if, if everything's got to work perfectly and you've got a set of instructions that's, that's more than one or two pages that you have to follow, then the more pages you have, the more likely it is that something can, can go awry and you don't want that happening in retirement. Um, it's one of the reasons that, that young people have a tendency to uh, um, waste a lot of time, effort, and energy. You know, and, uh, actually, I probably the the bigger reason that they struggle is that they don't put enough and <laughs> they don't put enough thought into it and then you get people that try to control too much and that that's hard it's really hard that's one of the reasons i you know i typically talk about the well, fixed indexed annuities because those things are fixed that that's where the word fixed comes from or, or that's why they used it there in their definition it's fixed that's the amount that you want to concentrate on when you're talking about an annuity and you're talking about supplementing your retirement income. Everybody wants everything. They want complete tax-free. They want super high returns. They don't want to. So, by the way, those two things are never going to happen together. Um, they can't. It's just impossible. 
but uh, they want complete liquidity and they want and they don't want to take any risk that that's everybody's dream list okay and that's where it belongs in a dream because in the real world it's not going to happen you know in the real world the higher the return you get generally when i say generally i'm talking 95% of the time it's going to it's going to entail higher risk higher returns have higher risk what kind of returns can you get with low risk well the low risk cd returns are less than 1% sometimes you'll get a 1% cd and then you'll look through the fine print and realize that that was just a promotion and when that cd matures it's going to go down to less than one half of 1% that's kind of where we are today so to get the kind of guarantees you're going to have on a CD, that is the type of interest rate you're going to get. And that's one of the reasons I was talking and I've started dealing and using uh, the fixed indexed products. Now there's a website you can go to and I can, I can definitely send you the link to that website. In fact, I ran a little, little illustration and brought it with me here today just to uh, give you an idea of what you could generate on a fixed indexed annuity. This is an income benefit okay so let's say I'm 64 I'm gonna retire next year at 65 uh, I got a hundred thousand dollars I put it in on uh, next year uh, 12 months from the date I put it in I can get six thousand dollars a year okay six thousand dollars a year that's gonna be guaranteed for the rest of my life as long as the insurance company is around to pay that claim or pay out that income so you gotta be careful with insurance companies that you're picking you I generally like to go with the more highly rated ones I could probably get a slightly higher rate by going with a company that doesn't have as strong of a financial backing but I'm taking risk there too um, so anyway so six thousand bucks now if I were to put that in a CD and let's say I got one percent okay I got one thousand dollars in income that I had to pay tax on so I'm probably gonna get around nine hundred dollars or so on a CD so 600 uh, 6,900 that's a horrible uh, comparison by the way because a CD is completely liquid you can just wait for it to mature or just take it out early maybe give up six worth six months worth of the interest as a penalty and some some of them don't have penalties anymore for taking it out very few but anyway the nice thing about a CD is that it's, you know, if you, if you have it planned for a certain expense that you're going to be paying, then that makes a lot of sense. But if you're using it as part of your overall investment portfolio, it makes no sense today with such a small interest rate. Uh, you get a fixed indexed annuity, you're going to be entitled to whatever the growth that it's invested in is or the fixed amount, whichever is higher. And that's only to calculate the amount of income that it'll generate. As far as the investments go, they're going to do whatever they do. Most of them are invested pretty conservatively. Um, they don't. They may say, "Well, we're investing in these indexes." Well, actually, they're investing in options on the index. So, if the index, if the stock market crashes, they're only out the money that they put into the option to buy the stock market. Okay, you got to look at that kind of stuff kind of closely. Um, it's one of the reasons that they. They're not going to make, they're not going to move dollar for dollar with the stock market. They can't. Can they make some money over time? And they're probably going to make a, a lot less than a mutual fund will over the next 20 years. Probably. Maybe not. You can't guarantee that either. 
But uh, so the fixed component of this is really what you want to focus on because that's what you're buying it for. You're buying it for safety. Is it as liquid as a CD? No, we just talked about that. You can't just take it and run. Um, you could take the money out and depends on how well the investments have performed, whether or not you get back as much as you've invested into it. Um, if you were to die, a lot of them have death benefits on them that will pay back minimally what you've invested into it. Some of them have even more elaborate death benefits, but um, we'll talk about that on a later show. So now that I uh, realize I only have two minutes left in this segment, I'll just go through uh, again. So somebody was 65, had 100000 wanted to see how much they could get. So 12 months from now, they would be able to take out $6,000 a year for as long as they lived. When they pass away, whatever's in the balance, whatever's in the investment account, um, that would go to their beneficiaries. So that's a, that's a pretty good deal uh, as well. I mean, think about that. If you set up a mutual fund and you did what we call a systematic withdrawal, you just said, hey, I need to take income from this fund. Just send me a couple hundred bucks a month from this fund. And the fund drops like a rock. Okay, your family's only going to get whatever that fund is worth, which is it's just fine. You should be getting lower expenses because there's no uh, insurance there to pay you back minimally what you'd invested to start with. And that's what you'd have with this particular product. So I'm going to tell you, too, i got to go to commercial break here in about 10 seconds. If you want a, a link to a website that you can get on and play around and kind of see what you might be able to generate, feel free to email me uh, or call me, 330-664-0700. The email is BillingtonCapital.com, Bill at BillingtonCapital.com. And I will be back right after these commercial messages. segment of today's show. I hope everybody has a really safe holiday weekend. Looking forward to getting into a new year. Hopefully your family's been healthy throughout all this. I know a lot of people haven't, but uh, we'll keep you in our prayers over that. But um, and other than that, I think this this year coming up is going to be pretty interesting. I, we're uh, Actually, our office is moving 
right across the street, just to another office, there's a uh, building, a bunch of buildings on my street that are owned by the same company. So somebody wanted uh, to expand in our space, and they're a brokerage firm, actually, so that's good. And uh, they offered to pay all, all of our expenses, upgrade our offices a little bit. That works out pretty good for me. So we will actually be moving just, I don't I could probably throw a rock as far as we're, you know, the, the next building. But uh, so that's interesting. And uh, we're going to start to have some meetings there because they do have a much better meeting space. Uh, we'll have some small meetings because I've always invested in individual stocks and I like doing it. There are, well, two basic methods as far as I'm concerned. One is you can concentrate on the price movement. Okay, and a lot of people refer to that as trading. Uh, and I'm a long-term trader. I'm not a short-term trader. Uh, short-term trading, your competition is way too intense. That just You're wasting your money, and it's going to hurt you bad one day. That's my personal opinion. So, Or you can be an investor. And investing, I like to do both. Kind of the Warren Buffett thing. You go in and you try to find a business you think is, is selling for a lot less than it's going to sell for five years from now. And you get in there, and you buy hold on to your position and grit your teeth <laughs> because all stocks are volatile and uh you know I I know I've been talking about that since I started this show but um anyway the the trading list something I I go through quite frequently and there's a lookout for the bull website and Mike Seeger he actually uh, publishes that list every day and I am trying to um choose the conditions to get this so that I can run this scan live. This is being run live. Okay, this is, uh, market's going to be closed tomorrow, uh, at least early anyway. And uh, here we go. Oh, no, this is not it. Sorry about that. I feel so bad being uh, so, uh, it's taking me such a long time. I should have had this done. Here we go. No, above average intraday. So what I'm looking for is volume that's above its intraday volume. There we go. For this time of day. And uh, also the stock's got to meet a bunch of other criteria. And for some reason, my computer does not want to comply with this. So I'm going to take that off. I feel horrible. Everybody having to listen to me struggle about <laughs> with this. So here we go. I'm uh, going to another, yeah, there's just a lot of these. So when you're going down the list, and by the way, when you're, when you're trading long-term, short-term, you really don't have to know a, a lot about the company. When you see a company come up on a scan, what it means is, what, what we mean is this company is moving really fast right now. It's got to be in the top 10% of all stocks that trade in the United States over the last 90 days. It's closed. Its share price has to be in the top 25% of that day's range. Why? A stock that's closing strong means that buyers were there right at the end of the day. And that's another good signal that this stock is being accumulated by institutions. Why is that important? Well, institutions have all the money. And whatever they're buying, <laughs> probably going to keep going up until they stop buying. How will we know they stop buying? Because the stock will start coming back down again, like significantly. And one of the uh, 
stocks is up today. It, it, in fact, it gapped up about almost 5% today. And it's R.R. Donnelly. You know, somebody called in about this. We had a really good conversation about this stock several years ago. And I'm glad that the, uh, you know, the guy was uh, thinking about should he add more to it from a financial position or situation. It looked pretty decent. You know, the financials looked pretty good on the company. Well, that the stock wasn't around 16, 14, 15, 16 bucks. I think they may have split it since then. Anyway, the stock got all the way down in 2020 to 93 cents. In fact, let me see where the actual low was. Okay, the actual low was 72 cents. It was in the mid-teens when we were talking about it. This is why when you're trading, when you are trading, you got to have stops on there. If you're an investor, you better just, you got to buckle up. Because you would have had to, you would have ridden that thing all the way down. Now the stock's back to eleven dollars and nineteen cents. And think about that for a second. Back to eleven dollars and nineteen cents. This is R. Uh, R. Donnelly. It's the big book company. I don't know if you remember them or not. Uh, I think that they did books for uh, high schools and colleges. I'm, I'm not really sure. I'll have to double check. It's been a long time since I've looked at it. I just remembered the symbol and the name and the chart pattern. But this thing's been breaking out like crazy. In October, it gapped up. This is one of the things that was not true, that was very popular to say back in the day when, when I was first starting in this industry, is all gaps get closed? No, they don't. What, what that means is when a, when a stock jumps from one price to another price, and one day Aradonnelly closed. Let's see if I can get it like this. Yeah, $4.93. The next day... The open was $6.18. The stock opened almost 50% higher. It hasn't gone back down, so there's a big gap there. That's what they call a gap. That gap was never filled. In fact, it went for about a about a month, pulled back. I kind of say it stayed in a really narrow range. So in an, then in a month, it goes from $6.60 in one day to, hang on a second. Sorry about this. So slow. All right, here we go. Yeah, it goes up to nine, $9.20. And the closing price on it was right around, it was over nine bucks. So now, again, you've got a stock that goes up 50% a day. Then it goes sideways a few weeks again. <laughs> and then gaps up a third time. And today it's gapped up again. And by the way, the price to sales ratio on this thing is super low. What does that mean? Well, it means potentially could still be undervalued. That, that's what it means. Um, if you want a really long explanation, you, you'll actually have to call me on that one. I can't afford to do that on the radio. <laughs> it's too boring and it takes too long. But anyway, so that I just thought that was pretty interesting. This thing has been coming up on scans. This would have come up uh, twice before today, and it's up a little over 5% today. Y you never know. You never know whether they're going to run or not. That's one of the things I really like about this. You just don't know. You'll get surprised at which companies you make the most money on. I always am. I mean, I've always been surprised. And you're surprised. Some of the ones that you think are going to take off right away and, and do so well end up getting stopped. You get stopped out of them almost immediately. Some of the value-oriented stocks that I like to buy, those are trading and investing are two different things. And I, I know that, that confuses some people and it confuses them because in their minds, 
They want them all to be the same thing, and they want them all to be easy. That's what they, that's what we all want, you know, because we're people, and basically we don't like to have to think too hard. <laughs> but that's not the way that this the stock market works. There are funds out there now that do all this stuff. It's it's just a list, and I'm so fond of investing that way because the the fund will do the same thing that you're going to do. Well, actually. A lot of people don't really know uh, a lot about what they're doing. A lot of people do, but and the ones that know a lot know that they don't have time anymore and that the algorithms that are running these funds, exchange-traded funds, are doing a better job than they can by spending a lot of time. I will tell you that uh, I love the performance on the accounts, on the stocks that I pick myself. It's about twice as volatile as volatile as the other as the funds that I'm investing in it's about twice as volatile as the aggressive funds I'm investing in so it's you know there's a cost there the cost is you have to watch that thing fluctuate a ton and my suggestion is if you want to do stocks and you want to learn how to trade first of all I would suggest be a long-term trader if you're looking to get in for for less than a few weeks and I would say don't do it. You're competing with people. They, they call them high-frequency trading firms. You won't be able to compete with them. You might make a money. You might make money for a small time. Eventually, you'll give it back and then some. So don't compete in that area where you don't have the tools for that. I don't have the tools for that. I don't have the tools and I don't have the time. And you need about a billion dollars minimally to do that, to do it well. Because people that you're competing against, they have hundreds of billions of dollars under management. They can afford a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> and by the way, they give them precedence over you and me. They, they get to go first. Now, we can talk about that on a future show. But bottom line is, if you really like trading, long, be a long-term trader, uh, or be a long-term investor, you can still do that. And the, you have an edge. The edge is that you're small. That, I, that's my biggest edge. That account I was talking about, it was, it's small. It, it's less than 20% of my assets. So I was right about it, right around 20. And if I have a great year, okay, I'm going to take the money, the, the profit, and I'm going to add it over to my long-term portfolio. And so that's how I like to do it. And that's what I would recommend most people do. If you're managing more than 20% of your money yourself and you're not retired or semi-retired or you don't do this for a living, you, you're a risk taker. I mean, that's, you're really taking a lot of risks, so I'll just leave that where it is. And uh, you know what's really inter interesting? This is not the first time this company has come up. Everybody recognizes this company. It's a company that's called Ford. <laughs> Ford has come up on this scan multiple times over the past year or so. That, that is highly unusual. You, Ford almost never moves that quickly. Okay. The, the first time it came up, was uh, actually in 2020, and it came up in October, and that would have been, if you'd have followed the rules, you'd been up about 22% on it. It came up again in, uh, from, it looks like January 2021. You'd have been stopped out on it, and you would have had a uh, either broke even or a super tiny loss. The next one you'd have had a small profit on, that was from June to... July, you'd have only been in it for about four months. Now, if you, you've popped back into it, and by the way, you'd have gotten a much better price, 
if you you purchased this back in June at twelve bucks, you'd have been selling it around fourteen fifty. That's pretty good. That's over twenty percent. And by the way, it then went down to twelve thirty six. You'd have been back where you started. Then it comes up on the list again, and this time comes up at thirteen sixty two. And the sale price on that would have been around nineteen bucks. It's about fifty percent. You'd have made a uh, a pretty good buck. On that, by the way, Ford is currently selling at twenty dollars, and let's see here. It sold at eighteen dollars in two thousand fourteen, and it also sold at that price in two thousand eleven. Buy and hold anybody? <laughs> you had three small trades; didn't take much time at all. You made more money in the last year than than anybody that's had that stock in two thousand and eleven. What year is it again? I, I, I think it's about to go on to 2022. <laughs> and now you know why I like the long-term trading. I, you know, I'm willing to hang on to a stock and watch it fluctuate like crazy. If I really like that company and they have really strong financial statements and they're growing really well, and I think they have a chance, I will hang in there and be patient. I'll put up with the volatility. Okay. On most companies, they don't fit all that criteria. So in most companies, I'm going to be a long-term trader. I'm going to be try, trying to hold on to it for several weeks or several months, sometimes over a year if I'm lucky. But I can't tell the stock what to do. I just have to respond to whatever it does. And that's, uh, that's actually a much easier way to deal with most things in life. You know, Don't try to control everything because you can't control much. Just try to respond. Uh, try to respond in a, in a method that's positive for your uh, financial well-being is when it comes to investing. And uh, I just got this signal here. I got about uh, probably about 30 more seconds. But if you've heard anything you'd like to talk more about, feel free to call me uh, or give us an email. My uh, email address is bill at bullingtoncapital.com. You can also go to bullingtoncapital.com and just fill out the form there. My phone number is 330-664-0700. Talked about a lot of stuff here today. I, I normally talk about a lot of stuff that's just kind of, I think it's a, a occupational hazard. Your mind, you're always thinking about 10 different things at the same time. But anyway, we try to make things as simple as we possibly can and keep them easier uh, than uh, you're going to hear on financial publications and other radio shows. Feel free to call in uh, again anytime if you have a question. And uh, I'd be glad, more than glad, to set some time aside to talk to anybody that wants to talk about their financial situation. I may not always be able to help. In fact, a lot of times I'll just be referring you to someone that can help you. And uh, after 30 years, I have a pretty big network out there. Uh, there's, I, I haven't, there's, I haven't really seen anything new in, in a few years now. Um, but that doesn't mean something can't. So give it a shot and hear the music. Thanks, everybody. Bill Bullington right here on 1420 every Saturday morning, 11, 11 to noon. Have a good week, good investing, and good luck. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. 
That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.